This week in Imperial Interlude, the dead rise from the grave, a contract is made, and somebody is lost. Hello, Ralph. I'm Jim. Welcome to our this week's review of The Mandalorian. We That's are at uh, Season 2, Episode 5, Chapter 14? Episode 6, Episode 14. I'm never going to get this right. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's weird they're using chapters. No, it's episode six. We have two left. Yeah, and boy, this is a rather short one with approximately 34 minutes. But it's hell, not the shortest. It's, uh... <laughs> no, yeah. it's definitely not the shortest. The shortest was in season one. Yeah, but that ran at 32, compared I think. Compared to the others in season two, this is a rather short one. Mm -hmm. And it's not uh, so intricate in its design as the other ones. It's more straight on, I think. But just let's start from the beginning. We, when we left uh, our heroes, they were on the way to the Jedi planet of what's its face? Typhon. Typhon to uh, sit the child on the temple stone to see what will happen. Mm -hmm. And this is where we exactly jump in. They arrive at Typhon, do a circle strafe around the stone, and then walk up the rest. Well, fly up the rest, isn't it? He says, you know, look at because he flies around, doesn't he? Look for <laughs> somewhere and goes, I can't park or I can't land there. So we'll have to do it. What was it? Without the With the windows down. With the windows down. That was it. And then he cut to him holding the child on his chest as he rockets up. Yeah. Only thing that was missing at that point was the child going, Wee! <laughs> But then there was the bit before that as well where he was doing the whole calling his name and yeah. then laughing to himself. Make, making use of the child reacting to its name Grohu and then trying uh, to get him again to uh, force pull the little knob from his lever. Which he did. Because he tucks it off, does he? He takes it off him and then goes, if you want it, take it. And then the child uses the force, doesn't he, to pull. Yeah, and then he's very happy about it. So Mandalorian is very happy about it and does sort of a shout. And that scares the child, which then drops the ball. Literally. Indeed. <laughs> but uh, he's fast to explain that everything is okay and all is fine. And they will find a Jedi to take care of him. Definitely, and then and then we cut to them landing and doing the whole thing on Typhon, and then him put putting him on the the stone. Yeah, uh, was it the, the, the head is a weird name, uh, sitting stone, setting or seeing stone or something? It was some, something strange, oh, but weird. It definitely. But what's interesting is that because that's the first appearance Typhon has ever had in any sort of live action media mm -hmm. and even it didn't appear in the cartoons either where that planet has only ever appeared in the video games yes so it was you know it's it, and they also the design was very much like the the one that we saw on rebels the um the, the jedi temple of lothal yes it also reminded me a bit of the i don't know if you have ever seen the uh star wars legion play mats from ffg I've had a look at them. There's the one that has a pseudo-Jedi temple marking at the inside. Right. And these are similar in design, as they have these pillars that are leaning inwards and in a circular way fashion arranged. So this, ah. I thought, was very... Well, it, it's a basic... This is how people usually depict uh, some magic yeah. wizardry thingamajigs. Mm-hmm. It's the Jedi version of Stonehenge. Basically, <laughs> yes. 
there, there wasn't much missing apart from maybe an old druid with a long beard going out, coming to the front center. Some call me Tim. <laughs> yes. Shall we put a spoiler warning on this? Seems we've jumped straight into it, and I think we've possibly uh, missed that one. Okay, you stone-loving rock mon monkeys, if you haven't seen any of Mandalorian, turn off now. Watch it. Come back. You're welcome. Spoilers ahead. <laughs> Many of them. Definitely. It seems only fair, doesn't it? You know. Yes. P people seem to stumble up, uh, upon things, listen to it, and then go, oh, fuck, I didn't want to know this. <laughs> this is the way. <laughs> I have spoken. So, so the child gets set upon the stone in the middle, and the Mandalorian takes a stroll around looking with his visor for any clue if this is working or there's some kind of switch or anything. But then, what happens then, Rob? We get a familiar sound in the sky, and as the Mandalorian oh, looks I up, think, we... I think you you're going ahead a bit, oh? or do no. I get the? Doesn't the blue light ray just appear before? No, it doesn't. It's when he turns when he turns and looks oh, at yes. the sound, and then he turns back, and there's the thing around the child. So every every man, woman, and child who has ever seen all of Star Wars movies and has somehow a uh, intuitive knowledge of sounds knew what was happening. This is a so distinct sound of engine noise that was going around the sky that I, and I shit you not, I got goosebumps. <laughs> <laughs> it was Slave One. Um, yes. What's, in, what's interesting was... 31, Slave exactly. One, no, there was no misunderstanding. This was not not a fire spray in some weird color scheme. No, that was the fire spray. It was the ship. What's interesting is that audio for the ship as well is is the sh in the original Empire Strikes Back. It didn't really have that sound, and that sound was actually created for Slave One when you see it in Episode Two. So they use the same same audio of the engines and stuff yeah. because it is very distinctive. But, but you, you can you can get away with that because the um, in Empire Strikes Back the the landing is so short it's basically yeah. just going off into the distance and at uh, in Episode Two it's more or less very prominent with the with the chase scene and everything. Yeah, definitely with that with that um concussion missile firing and stuff like that and, and not, things, not but... forgetting the seismic charge which which was one yeah. of the nicer uh, audio designs I think. <laughs> Was but it was very, it's a very distinctive shape and it's a very distinctive sound that we see landing. Yeah, and then the Mandalorian cuts to his thermal zoom vision, is by knocking the helmet, and we see a a figure walking down, but it's a robed figure. Yeah, and, so, so I I almost said a cloaked figure because it definitely mm -hmm. looks more like a cloak than a, a yeah. robe. And then but he turns around to the child. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, and then he turns back, and the child's surrounded by. A force field. <laughs> yeah, that, it, it looks like a beam of light coming out of a ring of runes that is etched mm -hmm. at the middle of the, the stone running around its uh, around the child once. And the child itself seems to be meditating in a very <laughs> relaxed fashion. And there's a large light beam going up in the sky. 
if you know if you look at the child at that point yeah which it's quite in ass i'm probably wrong but i picked up on it a little bit was it's very much when you see master yoda a couple of times in the clone wars yeah it almost looks like, like he's uh, having this this yoga seating with mm-hmm. the uh, legs under him and the hands yeah. turned upwards with just mm-hmm. two fingers point, pointing each other yeah and the face looked a little bit older as well yes but and also it, very relaxed yeah, so it sort of reminded me very much of when we see Yoda a couple of times in Clone Wars doing that, and it was like, uh, yes. We we know where you're coming from. <laughs> yes, definitely. So then the Mando goes off to investigate his visitor. Yeah. I think it's probably the best thing. This, this, this was the first time I actually got a little bit jump-scared in this whole episode, or this whole season, because he was more or less going downhill casually and suddenly there was a barrage of laser firing at him mm-hmm. somehow that caught me off guard and then we hear the voice mandalorian yes <laughs> i've been tracking you mandalorian in that in that distinctive yes uh, so it's Polynesian more distinctive voice. For, for you than for me <laughs> yes that that sort of distinctive new zealand accent that 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 the gentleman has that suddenly reveals himself to being Tamori Morrison as Boba Fett. Yes. All scarred as well, which I thought was yes, because we only got really got a fleeting glimpse of him at the end of the mm. first, the very first episode, didn't we? So that I think that denotes, I think the thinking on the scarring, apart from the fact is that he was in the Sarlacc, was going back to the first episode where they mentioned the only time you see an empty Sarlacc pit is when a crate dragon is eating it. Mm. So I'm wondering if that's how he was able to, shall we say, escape? Well, I, I, I'm pretty sure if we get to know the backstory on that, it will be either in the last episode of this, uh, mm-hmm. of of this season, or maybe somewhere along the line in uh, season three. Yeah, definitely. So, so then he, he they start to Mandalorian questions him, and he goes, you know, and he goes, was it? Are you? Uh, are you here for the child? Is one of the questions. Yeah. Are you here for the child? And no, I'm here for the armor. You have to peel it off my dead mm-hmm. body. Well, not he, that armor. Not, I want not my yours. Arm. I want mine. <laughs> yes. But when he asks him as well, did you notice they used exactly the same line from episode two? That Django told said to Kenobi. That he. Has... I'm a simple. I'm a simple man making my way in the yeah. universe. It's exactly the same as what. Django said to Kenobi when Kenobi questioned him on Camino. Well, it's a clone. What do you expect? <laughs> <laughs> Django's not a clone. Well, yeah, sorry. Yes, sorry. Yes, Boba let's get is this a right. Clone. Boba's the clone of Django. Yes. <laughs> well, technically, he he has raised him as a son, but genetically, I think he's a clone. So, yeah, he was. He was the payment for Django being the blueprint for the clone army. Was yeah. a, a the son. primary DNA donor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so we, so we get a little bit of playoff between the two of them. Oh, and then the first nice. dead right. No, this, wait. Technically, we knew Boba Fett was coming, so he was mm-hmm. already risen. But then the second dead body rises. It does indeed. <laughs> where he, he he says that um, I've got a sharpshooter up on the hill with a with a scope zoomed in, aiming for the and, child, and basically falls out it's aiming for the child. And then the voice pipes up, and it's Fennec Shan or Nam Wang. Which actually caught me by surprise. 
Though in hindsight, having seen all what had happened in the previous episode, we should have known. It was such a trope having a dead body lying in the desert and somebody stepping up. That's almost always a yeah. setup for somebody getting revived. And I don't know why we didn't think of it. <laughs> well, it, 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 at least it answered the question that everybody had at the end of end of that episode was who was it that stepped up to not me wang because people thought it was um oh, fennec people thought it was was it gideon some speculation was it was baba and stuff like that you know that that's because of the the audio cues that are on that episode at the end because well, you can hear the spurs and stuff well now we know now we know it was him and she says that she was found by uh, baba and now in his service and then she reveals that she has a cybernetic stomach yeah, some some weird mechanical device keeping her innards together now. <laughs> yeah, and as they they then comment about the fact that the bounty on the child is now worth ten pieces of armor, which is and, a lot. <laughs> and as they are seem to possibly coming to an agreement. You get visits from an old friend. Yes, they do. <laughs> a, a ship flies across the, the top of them and it's and it lands as as Fett and Shan head off towards where the ship lands, the Mandalorian or Din heads up towards the child. It's it's a troop transport and it's doing out a shit ton of troopers. A lot more than I think that would actually fit, but hey, it's movies. I'm not sure because the design of it is very, very, very close. And I think it's deliberate to the ones that we saw in um, Force Awakens. Well, yes, but they, they, they spew out such an amount. I, I actually wanted to rewatch to do a body count until the second ship arrives, but I got lost on time. <laughs> um, but it, the the design of the ship is very much that of the the Force Awakens dropship. So I think they're trying to you know show that those ships existed even back you know during this time period. Well, to, to, um, well, well, look at the Clone Wars. They had yeah. some ships too that dropped larger amounts of troops. So mm -hmm. it's a kind of military vehicle that has been present until this day. <laughs> Yeah, very very common in in sort of in 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 most science fiction. So it was just nice to see. And yeah, the, the Fennec and Fett start, um, shall we say, shooting and shoot. Well, Fennec starts shooting the the stormtroopers that are charging out as Boba gestures that he's going to circle around them. Yeah, and boy, is Boba Fett <laughs> pulling its weight? <laughs> yes, he is. Holy flock! <laughs> First, he's shooting some. And then he's taking his gaffy stick, and I think this is the first time we actually see Imperial armor splinter and shatter. Yes. And he knocks them out left, right, and center with a vengeance and hatred filled. He's, he seems to be having some kind of a, a open bill with these people. <laughs> I don't know, but that gaffy stick just shows you how violent that why the Tuscan Raiders carry it, doesn't it? You know, he he really doesn't hold back, and he kills some of them and leaves one in a very twisted way lying around. <laughs> yes, but it just shows that um that you know, and you know this this is just generally the the character in general. You know, for forty years we were told how much of a badass 
Boba Fett was, you know, back in Empire Strikes Back when it first came out and stuff, you know, yeah, there was he all never this. Never did anything apart from never did sitting thing. around carrying Han Solo in a frozen block of carbonite from one place to another mm-hmm. and then getting shot into the Sarlacc pit. Yeah, getting his ass beat by a blind man holding, <laughs> holding a gaffy stick not, as not, well, actually. Not even looking. <laughs> No, it wasn't. Sorry, it was a sail barge pipe. It could just look like a gaffy stick. But yeah, no, he he did a, a this long uh, yeah. javelin looking laser gun thing. Yeah, and then and then we get to see Boba in a little bit past his prime, probably you might say. <laughs> well, kicking ass. <laughs> I don't think you could say he's past his prime because no, I don't think you could. <laughs> uh, let, let's be honest. If we pass our forties, we still grow, but only horizontally. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and if we take a look at the clones in the later Clone Wars animation series, when you see old Rex, or even in uh, in Rebels, yeah. and you see these old guys, they also put a bit about weight around the waist and, and hips so there's definitely a a human touch to it put it that definitely. way yeah but it was it was just nice to finally see the character get that description that that thing that we you know that that people yeah. were told for you know we've been told this for 40 years you know the character actually fits into the shoes fans have put him on yeah, that that he is this, you know, this unstoppable monster, this this killing, this arsenal, this this monster of a man, yeah. because it was all that history around him before we even got to know thing that you know that that was sort of laid bare in the extended universe, you know, where it was said that, and this was before we got to any of the story bits with the character, yeah, um, you know, things especially like that. if you have read uh, read, uh, read books that were written. Uh, before the trilo- original trilogy was complete, there are some yeah. weird s- stories. You know that that he hu- that they hunted Jedi. The armor was built to hunt Jedi and and all of that stuff. You know the, that 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 they were used to, to hunt down the Jedi as well. You know that the Mandalorian culture before we got it more fleshed out. That's what they were there. You know, basic witch hunters. Yeah. So you know to finally see. Some of the bits that were mentioned about the character coming to fruition is is really really nice, and then and then of course there's there's some fighting with Fennec and as well where she's shooting them from a rock, and they set up another e they set up an e web, yeah, which, <laughs> which she has to dodge. Get, gets a uh, very rocky treatment. <laughs> it does indeed. They, they start and... shooting with a mortar for whatever reason. Suddenly, they have a mortar around, and that uh, loosens a large rock that she then kicks down the hill. And of course, stormtroopers, being as bloody stupid as they are depicted always, just stay on target, shooting that bloody rock and getting mangled. <laughs> indeed, we get the Indiana Jones moment. <laughs> yeah, and also. Uh, speaking of, of stupid, there there was at the very beginning of the fight when one uh, stormtrooper was saying, we can't get him. Well, don't be stupid. Go around them and mm-hmm. getting shot, get shot at the same moment. <laughs> and all the while, while this is going on, the Mandalorians rushed back up to try and tell the kid it's time to go. And three times he tries to pull him out of the force field. And the first time, just once. The second time, he does two times. And then it's too late. Yeah, and it was like... 
if you can't do it the first time and you can't do it the second time, what do you think a third time he, is going to... He's a slow learner. Let's put it that way. Or very stubborn, either or. Just, just you know, say ding. And then, of course, he he, 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 he turns around and says, I'm going, you know, to that, that's it. I'm going to buy you some time. Exactly. I'm going to protect your kid and then rushes off to help. And that's where we get Fennec, Sean doing her bit with the, the amazing jump back. Well, the, the typical sort of action movie, run, yeah. run, run, jump off a cliff, spin around and shoot. So there's a lot of shooting and dying, especially on the side of the stormtroopers. Um, and then she uses a helmet as well, which I thought was quite a nice touch where she throws a helmet at one. Yeah, and, and at at one point when it seems like the our heroes are having the upper hand, a second transport lands. Mm-hmm. More glory. <laughs> <laughs> More stormtroopers. More things to uh, shoot and kill. Exactly. And then as Fennec sort of being backed up, you hear the stormtroopers closing in on, especially from the second transport saying they're not here for her, they're for the child. And then we get that hero shot, you know, the the, the typical hero standing on cliff. Yeah. When, with when they... and, and his whistling birds. I, I think what was very uh, nice is when uh, the Mandalorian and the sharpshooter fight mm-hmm. back to back because he's impervious to laser fire because of mm-hmm. his great armor. And just eats up all the fire that is aimed at her, and she picks them up one mm. by one. Indeed, and then they get pushed back and pushed back, and then we get, I think, what everybody everybody wanted was a man in a suit landing behind stormtroopers, doing the hero landing and killing people left, right, and center. <laughs> and that was impressed. That 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 whole him landing was just. <laughs> It yeah. was like we 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 failed oh to dear. mention that Boba Fett did a circle around while passing this, the Razor Crest and looking very thoughtful into the open entrance Indeed. of the ship, yes. which is where he gets his armor from, which I thought was, was nice. Yeah. But that that that, that was just <laughs> just like yeah. okay, so he was deadly enough with a gaffy stick, and now we'll he's put, we'll put him in laser armor. fire because of his uh, armor. And at that point, I think the stormtroopers very much know, okay, we are fucked. <laughs> and the tipping point was when he, Boba Fett is shooting two rocket knees mm-hmm. uh, and two two uh, stormtroopers drop dead and the other make a run for it. Indeed. <laughs> which, 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 and I, I knew was, when it happened, it was like, what? And then I remembered and I know I've sent you the the, the the thing of it is is all of that stuff, especially the stuff with the, the, the gauntlets and, and him using using one as like a rocket punch as well, which I thought was quite a nice. Yeah. It punches the guy in the stomach and, and fires and off. Fires all all of this supposedly Boba Fett as a as a walking arsenal. And that's where the, the knee pads come from and stuff. It was just like okay. And then yeah. you get that that him marching up to shoot the the rocket from the backpack. Which should be a grappling hook by the picture you sent me. But I think that that thing has been repurposed in law so many times. Yeah. That just, that. just let's say the rocket tonister of the uh, Mandalorians have, has a general purpose slot mm-hmm. on top which can be used for many things. Indeed. Probably the easiest thing to say. The, the funny thing with him shooting the uh, fleeing stormtroopers in their two transport, when they showed him uh, his his uh, targeting reticule going mm-hmm. for the lower ship, 
and then he's blasting the upper ship out of the sky. And I thought that at that moment, I thought to myself, hmm, I hope this isn't something they did because they missed something so that this is a, a blooper or a, a what you call usually when these handoffs go wrong. Um, yeah. There's a special word for it. I can't think of it now. It's just like a mistake. Continuation like a, like, error. Uh, yeah, con yeah. Con continued error. Yeah, and then then the uh, and then uh, the Mandalorian goes, "Nice shot. I was aiming for the lower one." <laughs> I thought that was really well, nice. Well, okay, so it was on purpose. Great. <laughs> it was. <laughs> it was sort of on purpose that I'm, that I'm uh, I've not used it in a while, so I just need to get me him correct. Yeah. I, I'm old. I need to to recalibrate. Hmm. But at that point, I think we get the most useless, unnecessary, and horrifying death of the whole <laughs> season so far. A complete innocent bystander that has done nothing but protect his uh, precious cargo. <laughs> yeah, the Razor Crest goes boom. Yeah, orbital <laughs> bombardment by the Imperial and the Razor Crest gets blown to smithereens, which Indeed. was I, I, actually heartbreaking. <laughs> well, what what's interesting is that um, Hasbro have sold a load of those on the Haslabs, you know, that they were doing the yeah. the this to scale. Razor Crest for the three and three quarter inch mini with with all of the bits and bobs, yeah. And now they've just blown it up. <laughs> so well, all those people that have forked out like three hundred and fifty quid for a for a Razor Crest are like, what? Well, it's it's more collectible now than ever. It definitely it's more <laughs> collectible now than ever. <laughs> but that's when Boba as well jumps off, and and just uh, Fennec says to him, uh, "You better get to your ship," and yeah. he jumps off as Fennec and the Mando start running up the, the hill and then we cut to Gideon uh, turning to his that female officer that we've seen. Standing going, on the bridge of his cruiser. Yeah, saying, um, have you deployed the dark troopers? And uh, that's the first, the first, the first thing we, we hear is another officer saying uh, full hit or something, or critical hit. Right. That, so that the as an affirmance that the Razor Crest is gone, though I don't know why would you shoot a ship that you have a tracking beacon on, but that's not here nor there. And then he turns to the female officer with what you just said about have the but dark it, troopers been deployed? Exactly, and then she says uh, in a moment, I think, or something like that. Momentarily, and then we cut to an external shot of something being fired out of the side of the ship. Yeah, and let me just uh, say this uh, at this point. Called it. <laughs> Not the only one that called it. No, but th th this was an easy target because we have seen them yeah. sort of, even though there were no real close-ups, but there has not been very much that else could have been than Dark Troopers. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. The, and it's nice to see them, you know, the, the, that, they're, that they're bringing in things not only from... The games, but the dark I checked the dark troopers have been seen previously. Where? Rebels. They're in an episode of Rebels in the I third season. Third season of oh, I just I should have seen this before. This is going to be nice. I just pulled from my shelf the original Dark Forces PC mm -hmm. game I got mm -hmm. back in the day. Yep. 
do you happen to have this box as well? I have. I had a boxed version of, of Dark Forces. So um, if I'm looking that... at the front of the box, I see three stormtroopers, stormtroopers getting yes. shot. Mm -hmm. Give it a guess. What's on the back side of the box? I'm trying to remember now. Jedi? No. Wouldn't no. have been because you weren't a Jedi at that point. That was the sequel. Uh, not Vader. No. Don't look it up. Try to pick it. You're never going uh, to guess it. No, I, I don't know. Not without... Boba bloody fat. Oh, shit, I. Because you fight him. He's a boss in the game. There's a large image on it of him just in the center of the box, even displacing all the text. It's just Boba fat. This is weird. <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah. I, I can't remember how, how Boba Fett relates to the Dark Forces. Was he just the uh, headhunter somehow? Or? It was It was a headhunter because the, the whole premise of the game is you're hunting. It's before we got Rogue One, so you're playing a character called Kyle Katarn, which we need to talk about in this one because that's something I think people are forgetting. Um, that is sent to get the Death Star plans the, the original sort of missions, mm. the original sort of levels of the game. Yes. You're sent to, to, you're sent to get the Death Star plans. That's that's the premise of the beginning of the game. And then it goes into you hunting out, finding out what the Dark Forces are and stuff like that. But that then FET is one of the boss levels that you fight of sorts. This is, this is a nice... <laughs> mm -hmm. Well... And maybe I should take a look at the other boxes that are sitting over my shelf. <laughs> maybe there's something we can learn. Mm. But um, yeah, because I, I I haven't played Dark Forces in ages, but I do have it, and I've also got all of the the sequels to it and stuff. And then I installed um Republic Commando a couple of weeks back to try and play, which is the um battle. It begins with the Battle of Genosis. Yeah. You're playing one of the you're playing one of the clone commandos. There are Which is... nice nice games, but uh, yeah. we're we're getting off off topic. We so are a little the, bit, but yeah. The dark troopers are launched, and they are surely something to look at. <laughs> I'm just trying to figure which phase they would be, because they're in three. The the dark forces or the dark troopers are in like three phases. The only thing I think of is they're possibly phase three, but if they are, they've scaled no, them the, down slightly. The, if they phase three, they are scaled down definitely because yeah. it's the pure look. They've got more or less the simply a stormtrooper in black is phase two, if I recall correctly. Yeah. The interesting thing that people have been mentioning when I've been sort of looking around and looking what people have been saying about it is are they made of Beskar? No. That that wouldn't be possible. There would be too much money going into that. I'm just wondering if they might be made of Beskar for the for the fight that is about to happen. Because mm. we know it, it, it we're going to see possibly Dark Dark Troopers versus Mandalorian at some point. I I think we sh we we need to wait and see if there's anything happening in that direction. But I don't think so. That no, that would so... be too too much money in one too many eggs in one basket true 
But we'll, I guess we'll and see. Just but yes, th- so we got think the... about how many of those troopers were on the ship in the shot when we first saw them. So true. There was there was a. It was not just these four that at least double the amount. At yeah, least. there was probably about eight, eight or six, eight or twelve in the bay, wasn't it? Because it was like two bays of tw- of six, maybe if not yeah. more. Um, but no, it was nice to see them. Something else that you know that they've they've that Dave Filoni has probably picked up from Rebels originally, but you know, Dave Filoni being Dave Filoni is a mind of Star Wars information. I think you know. Mm. Um, but yeah, you know, the, basically, droid that that the the Empire version of the B two I would class them as. You know, the big silver droid that we saw. Yes. I think that that's. They're the Empire version of them. And they, of course, they head straight towards the child who has now come as the Mandalorian turned to say, I'm going to protect your kid and went down the hill. And about then, two seconds later, the force field dropped and the yeah, child went. He, he gets back to his senses and falling asleep immediately, as he usually does when he's using the force for any yeah. extended time. So as Bob is heading back, flying back to his ship on in his jetpack, uh, Fennec and Mando head up the hill just as the dark forces or the dark troopers land and grab the child just as they come over the ridge and start flying off. And that's when Fennec gets on her comms to Fett. And it's nice to see Slave One again. Yes. And flying. Following them, trying mm-hmm. to shoot them down, but getting told not to because they've got the child. Mm-hmm. And then. He, as he cuts, as he follows the dark troopers back, he says, they've returned. And he goes, the Empire. And that's when Fennec says, well, the Outer Rim's controlled by the New Republic. Yeah, this is not a spy stream I'm seeing the Imperial exactly. Cruiser. <laughs> yeah. And then he's told to to sort of peel off. And as he peels off, the that light cruiser um, jumps into hyperspace inside the atmosphere. Yeah, it just simple vanishes. Mm. So it might be just outside the atmosphere because it's mm. above the clouds and you don't True. know where the atmosphere ends, but this is also yeah. technical. <laughs> and then we cut back to Mando going through the wreckage of his ship. Yeah, and at this point uh, we get a very often used trope of cinema history. He digs around and finds something that has survived the blast. Of course, it's the, the spear because it's made of Beskar. I can get that. I can see that. But then he finds that bloody <laughs> ball that the child has always been playing with. Where my, I actually went, okay, people, I know why you do this. This is for some weird scene much later along the road. But couldn't you just have maybe let the, the wreckage be a little bit more substantial? Because mm. there was nothing. There was, <laughs> was nothing left. Full of sod. He's even lost his long rifle as well. Yeah, there's. I thought he made it from that. Though but... he, uh, I think we didn't mention it, but because uh, at the beginning when uh, Fett and the Mandalorian met, he took off his uh, jetpack. Yes. I, I never see him picking it up again. No, he didn't. Well, I mean, I'm that, guessing that he's that not forgetting probably... it on on the surface. Well. I know that was probably a plot thing anyway, was to put the jetpack down yeah, because if he to, had the jetpack on... To then not he having could... him rush around from A to exactly. B or to, to even be able to follow the troopers. Mm-hmm. So, and then we get 
uh, Fett going to the Mandalorian. Yeah, have a look at this. And he brings up technically his family tree. Yeah. And did you see somebody actually took the time, make a screenshot and then translate the... the I've not seen the translation, no. Yeah, it's, it's... I don't know if there's anything to it because it just was a picture where somebody took the runes that were showing up and replacing them with uh, Latin letters so that mm -hmm. you could read something like Boba Fett and Jago Fett and something else I can't remember. But I wouldn't put it past Filoni and the others to actually have gone on and beyond and used the Mandalorian alphabet to make something up like that. Very true. I mean, the other thing as well, and and this 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 scene also fixed the Boba Fett issue that they had because I was doing I was doing a check on this and it was said it was in Clone Wars in season two episode twelve called the Mandalorian plot Obi Wan Kenobi goes to Mandalore mm -hmm. yeah and he mentions about and I think it's the first time you hear the mention of Death Watch I think or that's that sort of militaristic part of the Mandalorian culture not being there anymore because it's called New Mandalore by some people. Mm -hmm. And he mentions Django. And the Prime Minister at the time, Alnek, who is who ends up becoming the puppet Prime Minister and is a bad guy, um, says Django Fett was a common bounty hunter. How he acquired that armor is beyond me. Basically saying that Fett wasn't Mandalorian. Yeah, but... Where they've now fixed that yeah. in the fact that so, so he is the not same a Mandalorian, Mandalorian in the biological sense, but he's a foundling like the Mandalorian. Exactly. Himself. Which I think fixes that whole issue because when that aired, that episode aired, because that episode aired on Cartoon Network because it was under George and it was George who came up with this. And in interviews after the episode, they said, yeah, you know, that's what, that's how we wanted it. So yeah. I think it's just fixed that issue because a lot of people, when that happened, a lot of the Star Wars fans that you know that liked Fett and had read all the books and stuff and about it and stuff were like, "What? So he's not one of these super soldiers that you'd put him up to be?" You know, it's it... yeah, it's uh, I I think they they do a real nice job in uh, picking up loose threads and ends mm -hmm. and uh, joining them back together to make a yeah. complete wholesome without having it too much forced or, or feel it's drawn by the hair. Definitely. I, it just felt like that that the, there was the bits with Fett especially were them, shall we say, redeeming the carrot habit. You know, more than than say because you know We we get a larger picture of him. We yeah. get some things filled in that have been neglected before mm -hmm. or just been left to the imagination of, of the watchers. Mm-hmm. And then, and then, of course, he says, you know, that um, the the Mandalorian technically um, lets them go of their obligation to him because the child is gone. He said, "Well, no, not." And so, basically, Fett and Fennec have now joined Din in going after. Yeah, because they, they to get said the child. part of the treaty for the payment of the um, armor for Fett is to keep the child safe, which obviously isn't the case at the moment. And so they will stay with him until the child has been found. Exactly. So then we get the, the scene of the Mandalorian, well, Slave One, landing on Navarro. Yeah. <laughs> and then him meeting up with Cara Dune, and we find out that Cara had picked up that, that uh, the badge. The, that, sure that uh, Republic Marshal. Marshal, yes. So, so she is basically Marshal Bravestar. 
<laughs> so, sorry, 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 <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Didn't do that on purpose. It just came to my mind. <laughs> but let's be honest, she, 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 her, her her build is quite like Marshall Bravestar. <laughs> it's nice to see. It was nice to see her again as well. I mean, it was nice yeah. to you know for them. I know that they they are always going to bounce back to certain planets that they that of, they've set up in this of part of the extended universe. And, and then the, the Mandalorian but... asked her for a favor, which then exactly. she says, "Oh, I don't know if I can. This badge comes with some." Uh, what does he call it? Uh, restrictions? Rules. Restrictions or rules. rules. I think and it is. Then he simply goes, they took the child and suddenly everything is yeah. on the table. I think so, yes. But then he asks that before that as well to do a search. And that's we, and that's when we get the computer search for Mayfield from... Was it the episode The Prisoner? Yes, yeah. it was. Uh, that's Bill Burr. So it looks like Bill Burr might be in the Back next the episode. <laughs> Um, being broken out because it looks like the Mandalorian says I need to break him out because he's an ex-Imperial sharpshooter to find Gideon. We, we need inside information. Yeah. So... Also, as you mentioned computer, there's one thing mm -hmm. that actually I really that, that really warmed my heart was when at the beginning of the episode when they started approaching the um, the planet, mm -hmm. the computer display on mm -hmm. the Razor Quest mm -hmm. really looks like a old 8-bit computer that has been used in the original trilogy. Yes. There's no hi-fi fidelity ultra HD display. It's a sharpie-sized marker on screen. <laughs> which and I, also the, the, the system display reminded me of the one with the from the Rebellion when the Death Star was tracking the planets. Yeah. And you had the like, coordinates and stuff. And stuff it just reminded me a bit of that. But then then we the very last sort of section of the, the episode, which is over two to three minutes, is them back on the the Imperial ship and you get the Moff Gideon standing on the bridge looking at the hyperspace and then spinning and do, doing his is doing his best Vader impersonation. Yeah, he, <laughs> you know? he he's actually turning up to be a badass. Spin the the whole spinning. If you're a bad guy, you've got to have that spinning cape. You need, effect, a, you, know? you need a cape, and you need to spin to make that cape blow. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> and he heads with two stormtroopers down the corridors to a cell, where we find the child playing with the force. <laughs> yeah, let's just put it this way: the little guy is kicking the shit out of two adult stormtroopers. <laughs> Indeed. But, but the, was the, he strangling one of them? Was yes, he strangling he two of them? The, the first choke, and uh, that was the point when another stormtrooper said it's set to stun and wanted to shoot at him, which uh -huh. Gideon then prevented because he, I think, he wanted to see if the child would give in to killing someone or not doing so. Which obviously, it's a child. It's the good mm -hmm. guy. He didn't kill him. He just threw him at the wall and let, leaving him unconscious on the floor. And then bouncing them, bouncing them off each other yeah. and things, and and just generally using his his force powers. And then as he weakens and collapses, sort of collapses, Gideon steps forward and has a bit of a conversation and teases him a little bit with the dark saber. Yeah, and shortly after that, the child gets blasted, mm -hmm. put to sleep into shackles. And I Indeed. think that's when the episode ends. That's when the episode ends and the director came up, which was Robert Rodriguez. So... I don't, but um, who had directed a bunch of... He did Spy Kids, 
did Dust Till Dawn, Once Upon a Time in Mexico, uh, El Mariachi, you know, the Desperado. You know, he's done a bunch of action films and stuff and his friends with um, Tarantino. The interesting thing I found out was Robert Rodriguez wasn't meant to direct this episode, wasn't going to be directing an episode at all. But the director that had must have had to step away for some reason, and he was a replacement to come in. They could have done worse. Def- definitely, I thought he did an, an, an outstanding job, you know, of of being the director to bring and reinvigorate Boba Fett. You know, yeah. that's no mean feat. And also progressing the story as well. Because has it felt to you a bit, a little bit that it was like, go here, do this, or I'm being sent somewhere else to speak to somebody else, go here, do, you know, it was, there was a lot of side questy. No, not Thing. really. We we had the the main quest of uh, Mandalorian getting the child mm-hmm. to this planet, and they couldn't have uh, foreseen that the Razor Crest was tracked. So from there on, everything went simply downhill for him. Yeah, I was just thinking from the previous episodes because it was a lot of go here, you know, go. There was this just seemed to be a lot of slow build. I think, and where this episode is has sort of done a little bit of a faster build to, to because we are nearing the end. Yeah, and we, we the actually story. had very much action in this one. There's mm-hmm. a lot more shooting than in any of the previous, I think. Yeah. Now, do you think we're going to end on a cliffhanger? Well, of course we are. <laughs> I don't think he's going to get the child back no, this season. I, I think that there will be some... Either there will be some standoff with him being close to the child, and and the child needs to make a uh, a decision of sorts, or we actually will see maybe even Thrawn arriving in some giant ass Imperial Star Destroyer, p- picking up the child and then just vanishing into the void with the Mandalorian, then ne- needing to hunt him down again. I got a suspicion we may we may not necessarily see Thrawn. But you I know, think but, we might but a star destroyer his bearing his insignia. Yeah, because uh, I think uh, that would make a real nice visual touch if the, we would actually see the star destroyer with his painting on the outside. Yeah, the chimera. Yeah, or just the the name of the star destroyer being chimera. It was like, <laughs> you know, oh, Star Wars fans will. <laughs> oh, yes, yes, we know who that ship is, but um. So I think, because there's, there's the other thing as well, there's a lot of speculation going on about this, because the child reached out through the Force, yeah? Which Jedi's going to turn up? And everybody's mentioning, like, Luke, Ahsoka, Ezra Bridger, even Mace Windu's getting a mention. I actually um, think there will not in this season be any new Jedi. I think if there is going to be one, I think it's the one that they're missing, and it's what they based the Dark Troopers on, and I think that's Kyle Katarn. Because Kyle Katarn in the second video game is a Jedi. Yeah, that, that could... Jedi be. Knight. The name of Dark Forces 2 ex- uh, ex- escapes me. Dark Forces 2, it was Je- Star Wars Jedi Knight, Dark Forces 2. Jedi Knight, that, that, that's why mm. they somehow went with a secondary name scheme, and then there was Jedi Knight 2 as yep. a quasi dark forces 3 title that's why uh, i'm always getting this wrong <laughs> uh dark forces 3 was um was uh jedi academy i think yeah that, they went a bit off with the naming scheme 
they they did they went they went off it it was the dark for you know you've got dark forces um, dark forces two jedi knight and then dark forces three jedi academy yeah, and then there's Jedi Knight Two some at some place. I think. And there was Jet no Dark uh, Jedi Knight Two was Jedi Outcast. Oh, okay. As well, <laughs> yeah, it went it went all over the place. So but, um, but, but but I think you're not far off in in seeing that even Boba Fett was on this box of Dark Forces. There there is some merit <sighs> to it. I've just had another thought. Oh God. Oh yes. Now we've what? missed another. We've missed another character off. If they want to introduce it, and people have been asking for this one for a while, Mara Jade. I don't think we get Mara Jade. I think you could bring Mara Jade into it without having any links to Luke. You don't need to do that plot line of Mara yeah, being. But let's face it: if they would take Mara Jade from the now not more anymore being officially expanded universe, mm-hmm. and have her be completely different, not being the right hand of the Emperor and the love relationship of Luke, I think fans will be pissed. No, you could still do the stuff with uh, her being the Emperor's hand. You just don't need to do that, the arc with Luke, the stuff with Luke. Um, the love story with Luke initially, you could, you don't need to do that. And then that that could lead into them going down that route at some point in the future, you know, re- you recast Luke, people are saying Sebastian Stan you know, Bucky Barnes from the Winter Soldier from the Marvel movies and stuff because um, he looks very much like a young Mark Hamill and you could you could do that if you wanted to do Dark Forces as a TV series, you know, things like that because they are bringing Thrawn in and I know Thrawn's been changed slightly but I think, you know if we can, if we can say one thing for certain, certain that they actually are very good at surprising us. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, definitely. I don't think I have ever been so wrong so often on, on <laughs> hypothesis. <laughs> but I, I don't think we'll see Luke. No, I, I think I that would really be a think way we'll too far step into the actual movie universe to mm-hmm. get him. Uh, it, that that would uh, restrain them too much in way of yeah. how the character works and. Mm-hmm. Also, I think bringing Luke in would just would like I said tie them too much to that Skywalker saga, and I think what Lucas and Disney are trying to do is distance themselves a bit from that main mm. Skywalker. Anakin stuff, even though we've had Ahsoka in there, but Ahsoka's off doing her own thing. You know, which she did at the with Rebels and stuff. You know, the character that did separate from, you know, from Anakin and all yeah. that. And and, and she, she more, has so. been with Anakin and the Skywalkers way mm. before. So exactly. But on the whole, I loved the episode. I thought it was great. Yeah, it it wasn't a cinematic masterpiece as such because it's very action focused. Mm-hmm. But the action was good, executed. Mm-hmm. Maybe yeah. over the top at some point, but hey, we, we've got two badass Mandalorian bounty hunters and a sharpshooter. Exactly. And possibly another sharpshooter coming. Yeah, <laughs> or, or even more weird people we will have to see. It's a Magnificent Seven. <laughs> <laughs> this, this could turn up to be a real uh, high noon episode for the mm. last episode. The last two years, yeah. so we'll, we'll see. But I think we'll get to see a Beskar Spear versus Dark Saber fight. So, something along those lines is very likely, I think, yes. Yeah. 
Maybe even the death of uh, Moff Gideon, but I don't think so. No, I don't think they'll kill Giancarlo. I really don't think they'll 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 kill him off. I think he's too much of a of a of a character to keep going. Yeah, he, you know he's a mean. very good villain, mm-hmm. not being restricted by any uh, things that fans have seen in the character, like uh, Thrawn or Darth Vader. Yeah. Have mm-hmm. so he he's more or less a blank slate. They can mm-hmm. paint a nice picture of. Yeah, definitely. So. This was a nice episode, and I actually took your advice and I started watching the uh, gallery, mm-hmm. which is interesting for mm-hmm. the most part. Yeah. Though, which episode uh, did you get up to with the gallery? I think I finished the first three. So you heard Dave, Dave Filoni's description of the Phantom Menace, which I thought was great, and Anakin, where he's on about that, that the, 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 the whole why Anakin turned the way he did because he was, didn't have that father figure. Yes, that, yes be, that. because Qui-Gon was mm-hmm. supposed to be his father and yeah. uh, Obi-Wan simply was his brother of sorts. Yeah, It was an, a nice idea, though mm-hmm. um, all in all, it's, it's a weird thing to listen to people in uh, separate interviews going on like little fanboys and then having <laughs> them sit at a table <laughs> like some staff meeting. <laughs> It is. The other one I thought was really good in that, as well as where Dave's talking about where he was meeting with George and jo- where he was going for the job, and he was George explained how a Jedi would um negotiate like a samurai, where they would put the sword or put the Jedi, you know, put their lightsaber on the table and say, "This is how it's going to be." <laughs> yeah, though I I like the the initial description of him getting the job interview. To oh yes, Rebels when he was. Uh, uh, Thinking somebody was pulling a leg, and yeah, sure, okay, yeah. Who put you yeah. up to this? What do you mean? Do you work put... for SpongeBob? <laughs> <laughs> so it just shows you the close knit small community that they had of animators at the time and stuff, yes. you know. It, but yeah, Dave, I think, is the one that sort of was groomed because he did work with George heavily on. You know, Clone Wars. He was there as the executive producer and creating stuff with George. So I think what people, some not necessarily fans, but what people forget is, Clone Wars was running right the way through until George sold Star Wars yeah. to Disney. You know, it was it was his creation. He was the executive producer. He was there at all the meetings. Everything that happened in Star Wars in Clone Wars, yeah, especially pe- the pe- new stuff, was all to him. That uh, at the height of the popularity. Everything that was to be mm-hmm. stamped with the logo Star Wars had to pass George's desk. Yeah, he was mm-hmm. a control or is a control freak in that manner. There was nothing on the market that didn't get his seal of approval. Exactly. You know, and you've got to think as well as what a shrewd businessman going. Uh, you know, can I have the basically saying to Fox, can I have the rights to merchandise? And Fox going, yeah, this little movie, we don't really care. Sure. <laughs> I, I think he he uh, he actually um, passed a, a portion of his salary for re- remaining having mm-hmm. the, the sole rights of merchandising, yeah. and we must not forget that was at a time where merchandise was basically a non-issue, non-existent. Exactly. That's it, how they got Alec Guinness if, as well, you know. If if you look at uh, the the Netflix series Toys That Made Us and listen to mm-hmm. how 
oh, yeah. early stages of Star Trek merchandise went. This is mm -hmm. so hilarious. There was things sold as Star Trek that had literally nothing to do with the Star Trek series, mm -hmm. but there was the logo on it, so it made money. And exactly. George Lucas was one of the first to actually brand the movie and yeah. make it a, a brand that is recognizable and sells like apeshit. It does, and, and the, toy, the toys that make us about the Star Wars figures is really, really interesting as well, about the, about how that come across. Yeah, and, and why there are some miniatures that have started w with a look as, uh, the let's say, the, the Javas, mm -hmm. having started with an actual cloak, and yeah. those are worth a fortune if you got one of those in a sealed package, and then the second iteration got a plastic coat simply because it's cheaper. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now I I didn't get it, and what's interesting is 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 another screw off a little bit. Um, extend it slightly was I managed to get a Boba Fett because when Boba Fett first came out in those figures, you had to send you sent away for him. Yeah. But it was after the time that they had pulled the original Boba Fett figure because the original Boba Fett figure had a shootable rocket out of his back. So the the red rocket that was attached on the back of the figure, yeah, was, but that was, that was, was only in the prototype stages. Uh, and it actually got almost got to production before they went. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, kids can put their eyes out with that. Yeah, but but that's the key point. Almost yeah. there's almost, the the yes. urban legend that there are those on the market and those that are on the market that are not those are not sold by any stretch of the imagination. Those were prototypes that yeah. are were tested and sent out to people looking at them and just before uh -huh. production they they pulled yeah. them but they're very you can you can get them you can get the prototypes but they're 50 60 70 80 thousand dollars i think people were selling yeah. them for That's... and people were buying them and it's like really really yeah <laughs> okay okay right you've if, got more if, money than if, sense if you got the, the amount of cash flowing around to buy such things lucky you <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> Yeah, so with this being almost close to an hour for a 34-minute long episode, I think it's time for a rating. I'm going to give this one a, let's say, 7.5, because there wasn't much of story in it. It was nice popcorn cinema, but nothing to lose sleep over, I think. <laughs> I, th I think you know if, if in ratings of shall we say favorite episodes because I'll, I'll more do that as it goes episode five <laughs> we got Ahsoka and then episode three because we got Bo Katan and we got more Mandalorians and this one's probably on par with that one a little bit lower in sort of my thing of of, of this because it 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 sort of re it redeemed a character that, that that I think deserved to be redeemed and that being fat and you know just showing us what a complete badass he is. Yeah, and and we we, we uh, simply the way they introduced the character into the scene by letting him have his slave one uh, mm -hmm. chugging down from the skies was just ah oh, great. <laughs> more of that, please. Yeah, more of that. Yes, and we probably will get more of that. Oh, I hope so. I really <laughs> hope so. So with this, I say thank you, everybody listening. Thank you, Ralph, as always. We will see again you all next week. Bye.